Bibles, if you would, open them, if you would, to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 today. And uh, this is, sometimes you just get some stuff stuck in your spirit that's so strong that you just can't get away from it. And uh, some of this stuff I have been teaching on Wednesday night, and uh, our sympathies go out to Sister Debbie uh, Mays that's here today. She her mother passed away this week. We did her funeral, and uh, and uh, some of these truths. Uh, of course, uh, the larger part of this crowd this morning is usually not here on Wednesday night, and sometimes uh, uh, it's just so good that you just got to get it on over to other people, and uh, so uh, so I want to kind of preach. A little bit more of what I taught a little of uh, Wednesday night. And the Bible said in 1 Thessalonians 4, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us His Holy Spirit. But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in Macedonia. And we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more, and that you study to be quiet and do your own business, to work with your own hands as we command you, that you walk honestly toward them that are without, and that you have lack of nothing. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Thank you. Be seated. Our Father, we come this morning, uh, Lord, realizing the great... uh, great undertaking that we have this morning to preach the Word of God. And Lord, the great uh, crowd of people you set before us today we're not worthy of. 
And Lord, we realize that we have to answer for what we preach and answer for what we don't preach, uh, Lord. And so we want to we want to do God's bidding today and preach what we feel the strongest leading of God to preach about this morning. Thank you for the five that were saved. Uh, majority of them, if I think, is here this morning. And if they wouldn't hear this morning, they're here Wednesday night. We thank you, Lord, for the upcoming baptism and many that's going to be baptized, uh, Lord, down at the creek. And, and Lord, we just thank you for what God's been a-doing that we know about. And we thank you for what God's been a-doing we don't know about as of yet. Father, I pray for the lost that are here today. And uh, Lord, may the same Spirit that arrested those last week arrest the lost today. And may they follow pursuit and respond in a positive way. Lord, be my helper today. Give me liberty. Uh, Lord, help me with the introduction, the message, the meat of the sermon, and help me know when it's enough. And Father, we'll be careful to give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. In chapter 3, Paul has great big capital letters, Wherefore? Someone said, whenever you see that wherefore, you need to go back and see what it's wherefore, or therefore. But you notice in chapter 4, capital letters again, and Paul says, furthermore, furthermore. In other words, Paul's going to go a little farther uh, with what he has been telling them. We, uh, he's going to go a little farther in his instructions. Uh, we have 66 books of the Bible, if you have the right kind of Bible. And there's 66 reasons, at least, why them books have been written. A lot more than that, but at least 66 books. And it'll do you good if you find out who wrote it, when it was wrote, and what it was wrote for, and how it applies to you. That'll help you in your Bible study. Amen. But you notice Paul says, furthermore, he said, I'm going to take you a little farther. And uh, we know why Paul said that, because in Acts 17, when Paul, uh, when this church began and was established, the Bible said there in, uh, in verse 1, now when they had passed through Aphelius and Apollyon, they came to Thessalonica where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went unto them, and, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ, and some of them believe. Paul was only there for three Sabbaths. It's amazing what this gifted teacher of the Bible and preacher of the Bible, it's amazing what he was able to teach these people in just three Sabbaths. Uh, but uh, there was more that he wanted to teach them, and so Paul said uh, uh, what he did there. Now we see in Thess- in Acts 17, we see what Paul's manner was. Uh, his manner was to go in these synagogues uh, and to reason with them uh, uh, for several days, we see what Paul's message was. Uh, he said, Christ must 
deeds have suffered and risen again. Uh, uh, we see what Paul's ministry was uh, that some of them would uh, believe. Amen. Uh, uh, that's the ministry of everybody that's involved in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, we have one ultimate goal and that whatever we do, we got one ultimate goal that somebody might, might receive the truth and be saved. Amen. Uh, but Paul says, furthermore, uh, well, I want you to look here. And uh, Paul says you, that you have received how you ought to walk. Uh, we see here, first of all, furthermore, that there is uh, a practical walk. Amen. Uh, uh, there is a way that we ought to walk with God uh, in our Christian life. Uh, uh, now you notice it's not called a Christian running. Uh, uh, no, it's called a Christian walk. Because uh, uh, we walk with God every day of our life. We're to walk with God. Uh, uh, we don't want to run. Run, we might get ahead of God. Amen. Uh, uh, we don't want to lag behind. We may get behind God. Uh, but I'm glad that we can walk with God. Uh, and the Bible said there's a way we can walk with God that pleases God. Uh, are you walking with God in such a way that it is a pleasing God? We notice not only a practical walk, but we notice that there is a will of God. Uh, the Bible said in verse 3, For this is the will of God. Uh, I've heard for 40 years, I've heard 43 years, I've heard people say, I just wish I knew what God's will was for me. Uh, well, right here's pretty plain. Uh, God said, here's the will of God, even your sanctification, that you'll abstain from fornication. Uh, uh, that's plain. We know that it's God's will for you to be saved this morning. Uh, uh, God is not willing that any perish, but that all would come to repentance. God would have all men to be saved uh, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Uh, I tell you what you do. If you'll start acting on them will of God's I just told you about, I, I bet God will show you what the rest of the will of God is. Amen. Uh, uh, but we walk with God. There's a will. There's a will of God uh, that you and I need to be in this morning. Are you in it? There's a winning walk. He said in verse 1, So you would abound more and more. He says in verse 10 that you might increase more and more. You see, there is a walk with God that is a winning walk. So many Christians are in a losing walk. Uh, uh, they do not walk with God uh, uh, the way that God would have them walk. Uh, but I'll tell you, brother, when you're walking in the will of God, you can't lose. Amen. Uh, uh, it is a winning walk uh, uh, when we walk with God. Uh, but I want you to notice here that the Bible said in verse 13, uh, Paul said, but I would... Uh, uh, not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Uh, uh, the largest congregation in the church world today is the congregation of the ignorant brethren. Amen. Uh, uh, you say, why? Well, they're willingly ignorant of the Word of God. Uh, uh, do you realize this morning 
that there's no reason for us to be ignorant of God. We got a Bible that tells us all about God and there's only one cure uh, uh, for being ignorant uh, and that's good preaching, uh, good teaching uh, and a good King James Bible. Amen. Uh, I tell you, if you do that, you won't have to be ignorant. Uh, uh, did you know nine times in the Word of God uh, that nine times it says to the effect, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Uh, and if you'll study them nine times out, uh, you said you're going to give them to us? No, study to show yourself approved. Uh, uh, but nine times in the Word of God, uh, uh, He says, I don't want you to be ignorant about some things. Uh, and yet most saved people are ignorant about these things. Uh, but if you'll learn these nine things and what they are, uh, and you'll find out what God says about these nine things, uh, uh, you'll be way down the road uh, uh, from the average Christian person. Amen. Uh, you say, what are they, brother? Well, I'll give you one. Uh, uh, first of all, God said, I would not have you to be ignorant uh, about the righteousness of God. Uh, uh, you see the Bible said in Romans 10 uh, and verse uh, 1 Paul said my heart's desire my prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved uh, uh, for they have a zeal of God uh, but they being ignorant of the righteousness of God uh, uh, you see there's a, the, most of the world is ignorant uh, about the righteousness of God uh, you see, what it is is your righteousness is filthy rags. Uh, uh, your righteousness will never be good enough to get you into heaven. Uh, uh, it'll take the righteousness of God uh, uh, for you to ever get in heaven. That's why Christ died on the cross so that He took your sins. Uh, uh, you get His righteousness uh, and thank God you can go to heaven when this life's over. But let me tell you something not only about that God says, I would not have you to be ignorant uh, about Israel, the position of Israel. You will never be able to understand your Bible the way you God wants you to understand your Bible until you realize Israel's place in that Bible. Romans 9, Romans 10, Romans 11. Uh, they tell about the past of Israel the present of Israel, and the future of Israel. Uh, and until you come to some knowledge of God's dealing with the Jew, uh, how that God put them away that the Gentiles could be grafted in, uh, how that God's going to graft them in again the end of this age, uh, uh, when you learn how that the, the Sabbath, that's not for you, uh, uh, that's not for them seven-day Adventists, uh, uh, the Sabbath was for Israel, the Jew, amen. Uh, all them laws that people uh, go back to and they're not going to eat any meat, they're not going to eat any ham, they're not going to eat any bacon, uh, they're not going to eat this or that. That's not for you. Those were dietary laws for Israel. You, you, you New Testament people, the Bible said pray over it needed. Amen. Thank God. I'm glad I'm in the grace age. Amen. I'm glad I can eat bacon and ham and steak and, and, uh, and, and chicken. I'm really glad I can eat chicken. But I'm glad I can eat all this stuff, amen. Uh, hey, I got a witness back there. I said, I'm glad I can eat chicken. And, and the brother raised his hand, praise God. He said, I'm with you. But I want you to know, listen, God would not have you to be ignorant 
You say, how do I learn this stuff? Wednesday night, Sunday school, be a real good way. Let me give you one more. There's nine of them. I'm just giving you three. God said He wouldn't have you to be ignorant about the personal return of Jesus Christ. Amen. Find out about the Lord's coming. Uh, find out when He's coming, how He's coming, amen. Uh, find out when He comes in the rapture. Find out when He comes in the revelation. Uh, uh, find out when He comes out of heaven with the army of God. Uh, uh, find out what you got to do to be ready, amen. Uh, uh, find out about the personal return of Jesus Christ, amen. Uh, but in our reading this morning, Paul says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren and sisters, concerning them which are asleep. Interesting thing here. Interesting how Jesus refers to those that have died in the Lord. He refers to them as being asleep. Now, don't you take that and run with it and think for one minute that that's talking about soul sleep. There is no soul sleep in the Bible. Ecclesiastes 12 and 7 says, The body goes back to the dust and the spirit returns to God that gave it. Amen. I want you to know in Luke 16 the Bible said there was a certain rich man which fared sumptuously every day and there was a beggar laid at his gate desiring to be fed with the crumbs which, uh, uh, which the rich man did eat and uh, the Bible said he wouldn't give him nothing uh, but it said the beggar died uh, and was carried by the angels uh, unto Abraham's bosom. Uh, the Bible said the rich man died and in hell uh, uh, he lifted up his eyes. Uh, I, I doubt if Lazarus even had a funeral. They probably throwed him down there on the garbage heap down there. Uh, the rich man probably had an elaborate funeral. Uh, and there Lazarus' body is on the garbage heap. Uh, there the rich man is down there in the casket with all its fineries. Uh, but the Bible said neither man is there. Uh, uh, Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom. Amen. Uh, the rich man's in hell lifted up his eyes. Uh, don't ever think for a minute I need to clear that up. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4 and 6, they're fixing to cut his head off. And Paul said, the time of my departure is at hand. I've been down to the airport and sat there, and it'll say departure. And I know what that means. That means you're going somewhere. Amen. Amen. And so when you die in the Lord, now let me emphasize this. Uh, this is what I'm going to say. This is not true uh, to anybody other than those that die in the Lord. Right. Die in the Lord. But the Bible said of those that die in the Lord. Linda's brother this week. Debbie's mom. Those that die in the Lord, the Bible said they're asleep. They're asleep. Funny how God would use that. Amen. But then you get thinking about sleep. Sleep is harmless. Sleep don't hurt you. The Bible said the disciples said, when Jesus said Lazarus is dead, He said Lazarus is asleep. He said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he doeth well. 
I know I do pretty well when I sleep. What about you? Matter of fact, I, I believe that guy got it right. He said, to, to have a good day, you got to have a good night. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, sleep's harmless. The Bible said those that sleep in Jesus, the Bible said, sleep is not only harmless, but sleep comes at the end of a long day. Amen. The body's wore out. You're tired. Well, I slept good last night. We went out and done what we did yesterday morning. And then I worked in my office all, all afternoon. I got a little water in my office and had to replace the carpet and some of the bookshelves. And, and I, I handled every book in my office yesterday. And that's a lot of books. And I was there from 12 to last night. I come home. Max Helen called about 6.30. said, you all right? So I was kind of worried about you. I said, yeah, I was sitting there praying a minute. I'm fixing to come home. But boy, I was tired. And then I got home and carried about 20 gallon of water to tomatoes and flowers. And y'all need to pray for them because I'm about ready to give up on them. <laughs> I mean, that's a job. But when... When I got my shower and I laid down in the bed, I was asleep. I tell you, I rested good. Amen. You say, why? Because it come after a long, hard day. I, I've been out the nursing home with folks that have lived 80 and 90 years old uh, and they're tired. Uh, I told them uh, Wednesday night, I remember my grandmother prophet died uh, and I went out to the emergency room. She was in intensive care uh, and uh, I loved her and she loved me. Uh, I, I, think I, I think I was her favorite. But she was laying there in intensive care with gray hair. And I remember going in there and just rubbing her hair back. I said, Grandma, are you okay? She said, I'm just tired, Ricky. I'm ready to go home. Long day. All the things that go with this daily life. Job said these days were few and they're full of trouble. And I find nobody to, to, I find nobody that's against that verse in the Bible, disputing that verse in the Bible. No, sir. You see, sleep comes after the long day. And I'll tell you what, uh, when you're sleeping now, uh, I tell you sometimes I don't sleep at night and I lay awake and I, I, I get something on my mind and I'm burdened. I, you say, why do you do that? Get you a Baptist church and you'll find out. But you know what? When I go to sleep, all that's gone. I don't think about none of that. And so we walk up to the casket there and we look at them. And we walk up there and we say, well, they ain't got them worries and troubles and problems no more. Revelation 14, 13 said, Blessed are they that do die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, say the Spirit, they do rest from their labors and their works do follow them. I'm glad one day, Brother Caleb, we're going to lay down these heavy burdens, thank God. I'm glad, thank God, that there's coming a day, uh, Kathy, when we won't worry anymore. Uh, 
Kathy likes that song, I won't have to worry anymore. Amen. Thank God. Amen. You always go to sleep. Jesus said, they that sleep in Jesus. You always go to sleep with the expectation of waking up. Now you might not wake up, but you're expecting to. You're expecting to see another day. You're, you're expecting, amen. The psalmist said, I will lay down and I'll wake. He said, I'll be satisfied when I wake in my likeness, amen. Uh, yes, sir. That's that body's going to wake up. I'll tell you something about sleep. Jesus said, they that sleep in Jesus. Sometimes sleep takes you into a world that you don't want to come back from. You say, what do you mean? Oh, maybe, Lord, you lay down to your rest and, and there you are with your mama again, Penny. You lay down, you sleep, and there you are with your son or daughter that's already went on home to be with the Lord. There you are, and you wake up. You don't want to wake up. You want to stay there because it seems surreal to you, and you want to stay there. You don't want to come back. I'll tell you, everybody that's sleeping in Jesus, saying that one of them wants to come back here. They want you to come over there, but they don't want to come back here. Amen. Sleep. You ever know this about somebody that sleeps, sleeping? They look like they're dead. But really they ain't. When my kids was little, might get up and go in the bedroom and just crack the door, you know, and they'd be laying there sound asleep. And you look for a minute, is they okay? You go in there and get down close and you watch. You see their chest begin to move a little bit. They look like they're dead, but really they're alive. Amen. Your wife, she may wake up middle of the night, look over at your husband, he ain't moving. You can't hear him breathe. You reach over there and put your hand on his arm, see if it's cold and it's warm. You say, shucks, he's still alive. They look they look like they're they look like they're dead, but they're really alive. I went down to the funeral home and stood before the casket and they'll say, Don't she look good? She looks just like she's asleep. She looks like she ought to speak. I, I, they look like they're dead, Brother Lance, but they're alive. That's the way with our loved ones. They're very much alive. D.L. Moody was made famous for this saying. He said, one day you'll pick up the paper and it say, D.L. Moody has died. He said, don't you believe a word of it. He said, I'll be more alive than I've ever been. That's true of everybody that's sleeping in Jesus. Amen. I want you to know that sleep, sleep, can sometimes be broken just by somebody calling your name. Get up. 
You say, well, I sleep sounder than that. That wouldn't wake me up. Okay, what about this? Get up! One of these days, the Lord is going to come back with a shout. It's going to be loud enough to wake the dead. That's a powerful shout. Didn't he do it over in John 11? Didn't he do it when he went there and he didn't say, Lazarus, come forth. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus, come forth. The old preachers used to preach it and say, why did he say Lazarus? They said, well, if he, if he didn't specify it, everybody in the graveyard had got up. That's exactly what's going to happen someday. Everybody that's asleep in Jesus is going to get up when He calls their name. Amen. Uh, they that are asleep in Jesus. Sleep always allows things to look better in the morning. Sometimes my kids will call me problems or troubles or whatever. Grandkids. Well, just sleep on it. Probably look better in the morning. Everything usually looks better in the morning. Your mind's fresh. Your 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 physical body's fresh, and you got a new outlook on things. And things just look better in the morning. Can I tell you? They's coming to getting up morning. Uh, when everything's gonna look better, praise God, than it ever has before. <laughs> Furthermore. Furthermore, I want to tell you about this practical walk. Furthermore, I want to talk to you about this problem of being ignorant of those that are asleep. They're not really asleep. You say, well, I just believe they're just sleeping waiting for Jesus to come. Would you please then explain to me, verse 14, So them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. If they ain't with Him, how can He bring them? If they're down here, it ought to say Jesus is coming to get them. But He said He's going to bring them with Him. That ought to be a blessing to you this morning. Furthermore, for the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven. Let me just say three things about that. And before I do, I want you to look at Revelations 1. In verse 18, this is Jesus. I am He that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. That means it's true. And I have the keys of hell and of death. These three things, if you're in the Lord and you know the Lord, if you're saved... There's three things that the, in that verse that you should never fear. You should never fear living. I like that song, Life, because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Amen, because He lives, life is worth the living just because I know He lives. I, I, can I tell you, we sometimes do fear living and what's out ahead, but a child of God neither never have to fear living. You say, why? Because He's alive! Amen. He's 
living every day with you. You should never have to fear dying. Though sometimes we do, we fear the unknown, we fear what we haven't done. But I think the reason we fear dying is because we're not dying. You say, what do you mean? Well, God's not going to give us dying grace till we're dying. Brother McCurry used to tell about a, two sisters in his church and their mother was always thinking she was dying. And they'd, go out to, they'd go out there and she'd get them dirt girls all tore up and saying, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And they'd call Brother Bob and he'd drive over to the hospital sometimes three and four times a day. He said finally one day he went in there and uh, he said, girls, I want you to leave the room a minute. They left the room and he said, Sister, I want to talk to you a minute. He said, Why don't you quit scaring these girls to death? He said, He said, You ain't a dying. He said, You've been trying to die for five years. You ain't dying. And he said, He said, The reason you're scared is because you're not dying. He said, When you get down to die, he said, God will give you dying grace. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. He said that helped the old sister. She quit that stuff. When it come down time to die, she just had the peace of God. You don't have to fear living. You don't have to fear dying. And if you're a child of God, you don't never have to fear being put in hell. You say, why? The Bible said He's got the key. They can't nobody put you in there but Him and He promised you He wouldn't. Amen. Now, praise God, that's pretty good preaching if I am doing it. That will help you. But I want you to see three things here. First of all, I want you to see the possibility. And uh, every Calvinist needs to read verse 14. For if we believe, uh, it's possible you can believe. Uh, if we believe. Uh, don't run around saying God's damned me to hell. God ain't damned nobody to hell. Christ died for all. Don't you limit the atonement of Jesus to just a few. I've found out that, that the few, uh, that the person that's trying to preach or teach that, they're always in the few. Uh, uh, but I'll tell you that Jesus died for everybody. Whosoever will, let Him come. Uh, I'll preach that till I die. Amen. Uh, Christ died for all. It's possible for you to believe. You can believe this morning if you want to get saved. You say, why? Because Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's a gift of God. God's got a gift of faith for you to believe Him if you want to believe Him this morning. Once you get that, it's up to you what you do with it. You can build it, uh, make it more, or you can keep it little or whatever, but God's got faith for you. The Bible said there's going to be a powerful sound. Amen. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Can you imagine the power of that sound that's going to be heard around the world? People's going to hear it down at the bottom of the sea. People's going to be hear it that's been buried in mudslides and hundreds and feet in other earth. People's going to hear it. And the Bible said, the Lord Himself. 
is going to shout. You say, I don't like shouting. Well, you probably won't have to worry about it. You won't hear it anyway. Not that time. Everybody that I know saves looking forward for that shout. Like to hear that shout. Praise for that shout. You see, Paul shows you in verse 1 through 12 practical living, but in verses 13 through 18, Paul shows you a personal longing. He's longing for the Lord to come. If you're not longing for the Lord to come, you either have not looked around, you hadn't watched the news, you hadn't been out in public, or you hadn't read any of the verses having to do with heaven. Paul had a longing for the Lord to come. He said in Philippians 1.21, he said, I'm in a strait between two. I have a desire to depart and be with Christ. Which is far better. You see, we think if we're left down here that we're blessed. But from God's view up there, Precious in the sight of the Lord's death for His saints. That's why you're more blessed if you go. I remember my mother after my stepfather died. And I remember being down there one day talking to Mama around the table. And it had been quite a, quite a while. And she said, you know, Ricky, she said, I thought when Junior died I, and I got to stay here, I thought I was blessed more than him. But she said, the longer I stay here, and the way things are going, I think you'd be more blessed if you's taken on. Well, she's looking at it from God's perspective. Amen. I know we all want to, uh, I mean, it's common knowledge. We'll spend every dime, drive every mile, go to every doctor, every hospital, just try to live a little longer. That's the whole human nature. Uh, but the spiritual part of man has a desire to depart and be with Christ which is far better. And I love this precious truth. The Bible says, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Isn't that precious? Isn't that a precious truth? I don't know how it is with you. I've never lost any of my immediate family. I know some of you here have. My heart goes out to you. I've lost my mom, my dad, my grandparents, of course. Max Helen's side of the family was about the same. I don't know how it is with you. And I feel guilty about this sometimes. But there's days I don't think about them. I don't know if that's natural or. I mean, you'd think you'd think about them every day, and I'm sure some of you do. But with mom and daddy, I. Sometimes, in those days, I don't think about them. But. I don't know how it works with you, Jack, but here's how it works for me. I, I started home yesterday, and I was coming in the back way to my house. And they had the King of Kings radio on and they started singing a song, you know, about Glad Reunion Day or 
Jesus is coming. And it just came upon me like a cloud. I mean, it just come out of nowhere. I miss Mama so bad. Just in that moment. And I miss Daddy. Just come out of nowhere like a cloud. So Lord, ain't it, Jack? I was crying so hard, I about had to pull over. About had to pull over. But the Holy Ghost said, Remember what you're preaching tomorrow? Remember what you're preaching tomorrow? The dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with them. I believe if he went to sleep in Jesus, we're going to see him again. Don't you believe that? If I didn't believe that, I'd I'd be kind of like what Paul said in the resurrection chapter, I'd be of all men most miserable. I didn't have no hope of seeing him again. Years and years ago, Scotty's probably about six, Corey just a little under him. And we lived over on Cleveland Avenue and all our house was upstairs except for a living room downstairs and a study that I'd made to study in. The Lord called me to preach. And I had them boys down there and we was wrestling in the floor and playing, uh, kind of like you do with Banks and Baker sometimes. And their mother come to the step. She said, boys, y'all need to come up and get in bed. I said, come here, boys. They got in front of me and I hugged them. I said, boys, I said, if God let me pick any boys in the world to be mine, I said, you know who I'd pick? He said, who, Daddy? I said, you boys. They started on up the steps. I sat there and got to thinking about how time was going by. I just lost my grandmother and grandfather not long before that. And I got almost in a depressed state. And I went over and sat down at my desk. There's an old sword of the Lord paper there that had 1 Samuel 14, 14 in bold letters. And it said, We must all needs die, but God has devised means whereby our, His back was be not expelled. You say, what's that mean? That means God's made a way. We can always be together. Precious truth. We shall be caught up together to be with them in the clouds. Now if you had a saved mother, saved daddy, saved grandmother, saved husband, saved child, whatever it was, whatever it was, you just need to make sure that you're in Christ. Because those that sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him when He comes and then us that are in Christ to be caught up together to be with them in the clouds. Salvation makes everything better, Lance. It's a doctor's office like y'all have all been in many times. It's full and sitting over in the corner is a, is a mother and a little old 
blonde-haired girl, just about five or six years old. Her hair, most of it's gone. You can tell she's had cancer. And uh, she's pale-looking, anemic. And they're sitting there, and the doctor calls her name, and they get up, and they start into the office. They ain't in there no time to come back out, and the mother is crying profusely, sobbing, crying. And the little girl's walking along behind her, and she's got her arm in her hand, and she said, Mama, Mama, it'll be okay. Don't you remember Jesus saved me three weeks ago? It'll be okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, listen, listen. Salvation makes everything all right. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for these great chapters.